Hi, I'm Ishani. And I'm Kayla. Welcome to the I Kid You Not podcast. Each week, we'll be sharing our insights, struggles, and triumphs as we pursue our passion projects. We'll also be bringing you tips and tricks from our friends and other young professionals who are paving their own roads to success. So if you want to learn how you can build meaningful passion projects, or if you want to join us on our journeys to become lifelong learners, pull up a seat and join the conversation. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing today? This is Kayla, and I want to let you guys know that today's episode is part of a special segment of the show called Just a Thought. Once a month, we'll be hosting a live session of the podcast with a special guest over on our Instagram account at ikidyounot.in. So if you're interested in joining in on one of our conversations and having the chance to have some of your questions answered live, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Well, we'll be posting updates on all of our upcoming events. In this episode, Ishana will be talking to Joseph Schmidt, author of the upcoming book, Xenogene. And Joe will be giving a quick crash course on the process of writing the book, from ideation all the way to publishing, as well as a few of his tips for organizing your priorities when working on a long-term project. And if you enjoy the tips here today, you would love our upcoming free public workshop, which will be held on August 28th. In it, Joe will walk you through the entire process of planning and executing your own long-term legacy projects. The registration is open now, so go ahead and check out the link in our Instagram bio if you are interested. We hope to see all of you there. All right, everyone, let's go ahead and get into the conversation for today. I hope you all enjoy. Thanks for being here, and thank you to everyone else who's on here. I'm so glad that you wanted to be a guest on this anyways. Um, just for everyone else who's new here, Just a Thought uh, is a Insta Live series that my friend Kayla and I actually decided to start together. Um, Kayla actually manages it. Uh, Kayla Johnson, you should check her out on Instagram. She has a blog Instagram called Happy Horizons. I'll type it in the chat. I love her work and I, I totally think you should check it out. That being said, Kayla and I really wanted to create a space uh, where people can hold conversations um, and learn more about other topics or deep dive into different things. Uh, and so that was definitely my inspiration for starting I Kid You Not in the first place. Um, then obviously along the way, we made a community and I'm really glad that Kayla wanted to help me make this come to life so I can have one-on-one conversations with different people and deep dive into what they're interested in. So Joe, I'm just going to like pass it off to you. This is really random. Joe and I actually were LinkedIn connections like a year ago. And I started following him because he's a bit older than me, but he's in the same kind of uh, major like interest as I am um, in school. And so all the stuff he used to post on LinkedIn, I thought were so cool. Like all the projects he used to post about, I thought were so cool. <laughs> so I reached out to him and I was like, how do you even do this? Like, I just thought it was so cool. So uh, now a year later, and Joe and I are actually friends, which I, I hope we're friends, but uh, I'm yeah. so excited about it. So Joe, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah. So so my name is Joey. Currently, I'm doing a PhD in, in physics at UT Austin here. Love the city. It's gorgeous. Um, and 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just like being a student. I like learning. That's why I did my PhD. I figured I liked undergrad so much. I like doing the research. I like the freedom of it and kind of being able to choose a project, dig my fangs into into learning about new things and creating things. And yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I like to do a lot of side projects. And, and, and the, the post that I think you saw was it was I made a, a dual screen monitor yes. out of an old laptop yeah. old laptop screen so i was was at, this was like when pandemic was starting i was learning to to make apps and i had to like split screen a video tutorial but also the program running and i was like it's too tiny and the, my brother's like just buy a second app i was like no i'm not gonna they're, they were really expensive. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just like, I looked up YouTube videos and then I just ended up taking, taking my laptop screen apart and making that. So yeah. yeah. I, I tell people this a lot, Joe, whenever I meet them and, and they know you and they're like, oh, who's Joe and stuff like that. I'm like, you know what? Joe is like, if I was older and pursuing a PhD, like that's what I would hope to be. I feel like, you know, school tends to take the joy of learning out of certain things. Um, I do feel like school definitely does enhance it in some aspects, but sometimes you don't get to do as many projects as you want to do. Um, and so I'm really glad that you, you know, you're learning outside your classroom as well. I think it's really cool that you do that. And that's definitely something I try to do. So I, I really love that you do that. But we're going to get into that a little later. We're going to be talking about passion projects a little bit later. But one thing I did want to ask you about, I want to I go a little bit into your background. You are, you're getting a PhD in, in physics, right, Joe? Mm -hmm. Okay, so one thing that I did want to ask you about, and this is something that I personally struggle with as well. And you're clearly doing a major that's definitely more technical, more related in like STEM and things like that. But a lot of the things that you like to spend outside of your time outside of school doing are, I would say, quote unquote, creative, right? So with writing and things like that. Um, I know you were talking about in the like, KB non-community that you were getting into pixel art. I thought that was pretty cool as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so something that I wanted to ask you is like, how do you balance, you know, majoring in something that's very technical, but then, you know, outside of school, pursuing things that allow you to express your creativity more? I think... For me, it's a concept of like consumers and creators. So a consumer is someone who consumes content uh, information. Uh, I have three three Joey clones. So one of them is writing the book right now. I know. I was just going to say that was a great question. Sometimes I wonder that too. <laughs> one of, yeah, one of them is over there writing the book. So he he'll get he'll get his treats later. Um, but <laughs> no, so it's, it's kind of the. <laughs> yeah. We pay we pay them in trident layers, so that's that's our that's how our pyramid scheme works. Right? <laughs> but it's the concept of for me like creators and consumers. So consumers mm -hmm. consume information. I mean, you you watch a video, you consume information. You read a book, you consume information. For me, it's it's finding a good balance between those. So there's really intense periods where I have consumption, where I like uh, learn a new skill, and I'm just consuming and consuming and consuming. And I guess creating, but kind of following tutorials. So um, that for me is a really big period of consumption. And then later I switch it to uh, creator. So as a kid, I like to build Legos and do paper mache and things like that. So that for me was the creator aspect, and that that's when I, me personally, I find most joy in that creating something that I can actually tangibly touch rotate and see and it's just like the joy of creating something for me is what drives me to do these things and like I, probably as far as i got i mm. just i just like to do things i like uh working with my hands creating um visualizing things and yeah yeah i like that and i think it's i think it's interesting because i never really thought about the like consume culture that we have with social media until maybe like about a year ago when i started to become really really active on linkedin because i realized like just going on linkedin for like updating your resume 
although that's one way to use the platform, it's not a, it's not using the platform for its full like potential. Right. And so, and I feel like in terms of social media as well, I guess you do get to choose whether you want to be a consumer, whether you want to be a creator. Um, and I think it's really interesting to, to note that just because you decide that you want to be a creator, it doesn't mean you have to be like an, like an influencer, like on Instagram, like you don't have yeah. to have that life. Like, <laughs> your goal for creating doesn't need to be that you want you want to monetize it right in the future it could just be like oh that's my outlet to create or to express my creativity which i think is i think is really cool and i and i definitely that's where i want to get into you know with writing for you i know you were writing a a poetry book earlier right for you when did writing become a medium for which you could like express your creativity were you always like did you always like to write or was that something that you kind of picked up later it was okay. It was during high school, um, probably maybe sophomore, junior year. Mm-hmm. We started studying poetry, and just the it's strange because there's such a technical aspect to to poetry. There's how how the how the poet sets up the rhyme scheme, the the meter, the kind of the cadence of the poem, how it goes, the stanzas, the structure of it, the structure of the poem. So there's like I'm not gonna say that everything is is like clues towards the towards the meaning but the poet can use those tools to create something and like express feeling in a certain way so you can speed up a poem and and cause tension you can uh slow down a poem and cause the reader to reflect so there's different tools that the writer can use to i guess influence you to to think or ponder about certain things more deeply than you would normally do you could say the man ran or you could say the man was chasing after i don't know his dog and yeah. one of them, one of them is a lot more tangible. You can imagine it. It has a lot more emotion to it. And so it, what kind of started it was that I wanted to capture moment that I couldn't really put a finger on. So like you can take a picture of something, you can record something writing, you can take a video, but that's not going to capture kind of the emotion behind it. And like, what you're internally thinking because it's kind of strange whenever you see a certain event 20 people can see an event but they all have different um kind of ways of seeing it and interpreting it and so it's like through poetry i was able to say this is what my internal thoughts were about this certain event or this certain feeling and then here's it all laid down as a as a recording something to to keep it hopefully last to the end time yeah Um, yeah really it really started with poetry I, i started to write a lot of poetry I wrote a lot of nature poems. It was inspired by this one poem I wrote called The Rage of Nature that looks at kind of nature and humans and kind of the battle and, and how, I guess not battle, but the interplay between humans and nature and how they interact, different aspects, how nature reflects human emotion and feelings and things like that. So I, I wrote a half of 50, 60 poems for that. I still plan to, to write that book and publish yeah, it, yeah. but the reason I, I've been postponing that is because publishing and, and marketing and, and getting a book done is, is really hard. And so I needed training. And so there's a a nice program where they train you to market and write a book. So I I jumped off to do that program to learn how to market and write a book. And then that's what started my my sci-fi book called uh, Xenogene that I'm currently writing right now. Yeah, yeah. So once I get experience for that, I can uh, do the poetry book and give it a, a better shot. Yeah. I think it's really interesting what you said about writing and being able to capture moments in time. Um, I recently picked up film photography uh, for a very similar reason. I think like taking pictures with your phone and things like that, although it's like very clear and things like that. How often do you actually like take a picture of a flower that you see on a walk and you're like, wow, that's so pretty. Let me take a picture. How often do you go back and look at that picture? For me, at least, I, I realized like I rarely do that. Right. And I really enjoyed the feeling of being in that moment when I was taking a picture of that flower, but I never go back into my camera roll to look at it. And so I started 
got a disposable camera and I started um, taking pictures because I had to kind of go with my gut feeling like, oh, I feel really good in this moment. I want to capture it in some way. So I think it's really interesting to hear that for you. And like, in order to capture those feelings, like poetry is that for you. Um, but do you have a specific system for learning and applying what you learn? So I know you mentioned like, ah, oh, sometimes I'll take, I'll consume a lot of content by trying to learn a new skill, trying to take classes um, in your own time. You know, when you were learning how to build apps or code apps, did you have a system for learning all that stuff? Um, and then for later applying it for a, uh, like a passion project or something like? Um, yeah. So I guess the, I don't have like a, Step one, step two, step three, but it's more of, I guess, a conceptual structure that I have. So mm-hmm. right off the bat, um, I want to do something. So I don't know. I want to build an app. I have to determine what's the best way to build that app, kind of understand the lay of the land. Just go wide in terms of your research, find out uh, what the best app making programs are, um, find YouTube tutorials comparing different app making programs, see forums, ask questions, like depending on what you need. Um, once you have a good, good kind of lay of the land, pick something and then just, I say, just consume as much content about that as you can. And then I have this other rule that I have to create five things until I can consider, or I have to follow five kind of tutorials or five uh, example projects before I can consider doing something by myself. So I have mm-hmm. to create five apps based on the YouTube tutorials. Then I allow myself to create my own app that I want to do uh, based on whatever I'm, I'm feeling. So then that, that gives me a good, better understanding of how long the process is going to take of creating an app or, or any other thing. And then I track my progress. It's very hard to find a good way to track progress in my mind. So for, for example, what I did for the book is that I track how many words I write a day. I set up a goal of 50,000 words for the book and I've, I've reached like 30, 32,000 right now, but I have a little Excel spreadsheet. I love Excel for, oh, it's so great. Um, but I track how many words I, I do per day, what days I write. And then, so I get a nice little pretty plot of, it's not an, as, it's not always as nice as I'd hope it would be, but it shows progress and it, it gives me something to look back on and say like, wow, I really did like 32,000. Like, I remember when I, when I wrote my first 4,000 words, I was like, wow, this is hard. But wow. 30, yeah, it's good to have uh, something to look back on and, and reflect on to be proud of yourself. And I wrote down cool things I've done. I have it on my whiteboard over there. And so like every now and then I'll look at it and say like, dang, I really like did those things. And, Wait, I uh, really just, like that you do that, first of all, because not a lot of people <laughs> like not a lot of people celebrate their achievements. Right. Um, so, so sorry. So you have like a board in your room that literally like it's a yeah, it's a little section called cool things I've done. Uh, I, have, I like, like that. Eight, eight things up there right now that I'm, I'm really proud. Anyone who's listening, I highly recommend if you don't do this already. I think that's one thing I'm definitely going to after this call, try and put in my room because I think that you need to celebrate, you know, the achievements that you have. What are the things that you're proud of? Right. You need to make sure that you're reminding yourself like you've made it very far right so sorry sorry joe continue i think that's awesome that you do that yeah it's i the the reason i do it i don't want to like sound like an egotistical maniac like oh yeah i love myself no but it's it's the fact that oftentimes when when we look back on an experience if you don't have like a concrete thing about it like for example a poem if it's not written down if you don't take a picture of it the way you remember it when you when you recall it you can remember it different ways different um every time you recall it i mean there's like a neuroscience thing about that where when you recall memories, you, you shade it differently every time you recall it. So yeah. to have something concrete, just it's it's just nice to have something because our minds are can trick us in many different ways. So 
Someone asked, uh, Kale actually asked, what are some of the cool things you've done? And yeah, what are, what are some of the cool things you've done if you, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. So, um, my, my most recent one, I actually, I got a 30% stake in a patent for some graduate work that I did with a professor. Yeah. So that was my, it was, it was funny because my, my brothers aren't in them. So they're not in engineering or math or stuff like that. I mean, one of them is in data science now, but before they weren't. So when I went into engineering, they're like, Oh yeah, he's going to build stuff. And then well, my, my oldest brother's like, yeah, how many, how many patents are you going to get? And I was like, I'll let you know. But it, it was just, I told, when I told him about it, I was like, here's number one, patent number one. Another one too is this semester I took 21 credit hours. They were all like STEM math programming wow. kind of hard classes. So, so it was very rigorous and I worked tutoring wow. like 10 hours a week and I made all A's that semester. I was like, what? no, when right? I saw my room. Yes, when I saw my report, I was like, what? Congratulations. That, that, that's, a, yeah. that's like genuinely amazing. I'm like floored. And this is what, like during COVID times, right? No, no, this is this was before. This was this before. Was before. But was, still, that's insane. It was, wow. It was like two labs. It was, one of them was a programming lab. One of them was a, like a go in, like do physics. Wow. It was rough, but that was, oh my yeah, God. that, that, that showed me kind of my limitations, how far I could push myself and then it's it's also good like writing down what you've done because you know how far you can go and like you can keep pushing yourself if you're not reaching your limit then ask yourself why like is this a mental block you're putting up or um some other thing like that wow joe that's that's actually amazing thanks for sharing that with us but i'm gonna go straight into the writing a book stuff i know kayla had a question she said that she's interested in in writing a book someday as well. And I know that you've taken some courses as well to learn how to market and publish your own book. But I wonder if you can give us a little crash course from Joseph Schmidt. You know, how do we, uh, how, what, what's the, what is the process of writing a book? Not only writing a book. Let, let's go from ideation to writing to publishing and marketing. Give us like a quick crash course. What does that look like? When is it releasing, by the way? It's, it's going to be published in December. So, awesome. uh, a pre-sale, there's a pre-sale campaign coming in, in July. I have to awesome. release stuff about that, but in July, that's, yeah, that's when it's, you're going to start seeing more. Awesome. From, from idea, what I usually start with. So I have, I have like a backlog of notes that I, it's kind of like, I just throw ideas at the wall and then if they stick, then I'll, I'll keep writing about them. So I have a, I use Evernote to keep a lot of notes, uh, different ideas that I have. Um, so I'll start with one idea, write it down, be like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea, write it down. And then I'll just kind of leave it. And then if I come back to that idea continually and I keep adding ideas and things like that, that's when I know that I've got something uh, that's pretty good. And so it started for, for the book I write, I'm writing right now, Xenogene. It started with kind of, I saw a lot of articles about genetic engineering and genetically engineering humans. And then kind of the aspect, what, what the moral, moral dilemmas, the ethical implications, the, the good that you can do with it when things go wrong. So for, for a book, you need a good source of tension. Something can go wrong. There has to be some some kind of stakes. The character has to kind of grow throughout it. So you need, yeah, a good source of tension, uh, something that, that allows creators to, or uh, the characters to grow kind of in a, I, I like to use realistic worlds. It's called hard sci-fi. So I like, I like my rigid boundaries and then finding ways to the characters can, can break it uh, in a creative way. And then, so once I have kind of the, a good idea that I'm proud with, um, then I start drafting out a timeline of, for me, I like to, I like to write sequentially knowing how, where the story is going to go. It allows me to put clues and, and kind of structure it better. I'm, I'm not a free writer. I'm, I'm too scared of where the story will go, if it'll go off rails or something. 
what I did is I wrote the first scene that I wanted in the book. I imagine it like a like a trailer, like a like a movie. Yeah. I had the first idea in my head, and then I had the last scene, kind of one of the last scenes in my head. And then I kind of said, okay, point A, point B, how do I get there? And then kind of filling in events in the middle, things that happen, good things, bad things, uh, that allow the characters to grow. You always want your character to change in some in some way, grow in some in some manner. Um, so setting up events in, in ways like that, that challenges, obstacles... Once I drafted all that, that's when I started to write. So I, I wrote sequentially, started with the first scene, wrote it out, and then kept going on from then on out. And yeah, don't be hypercritical of what you write. It's going to be refined. First draft isn't always going to be. I look back at my first draft now and I'm like, wow, this is cringy. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> but then I look at my later, my later scenes and I'm like, this is a lot better. Like I'm, I'm pretty proud of how much, how, how I've gotten better at knowing my writing voice. Yeah. Do you know how much you like worked it? So like how many drafts you probably had before you decided like, okay, now I kind of want to move towards the stage of publishing. I'm thinking probably three drafts. So the first draft is kind of story and, and add more, add more content here and refine this. And second draft is kind of a bit more polished. And I think third draft is kind of the little nitpicky grammar and word choice things like that. So I think probably like three drafts. That's so cool. And then like, how did you, are you working with the publishing company or like an, I don't really know the terms, an edit, like with an editor or something like that? Yeah. So, so the way I understand it, it's a very weird structure to me too. But so the publishing company that I'm working with is New Degree Press. Okay. So the, what's nice is they have a program that allows the writer to write the book and the writer keeps all of the rights um, to the book. So normally in traditional publishing, a publishing company keeps 40% or I don't know, whatever percentage. And then the writer keeps 30%. So then the sales, whenever someone buys the book, 40% goes to the publisher and then 60% goes to the writer and maybe other people involved. But the program I'm doing, I I have 100% rights to that. It's my content. I can choose who, who to share it with, who can use it and things like that. And so then in that program, there's like, first step is a developmental editor. So they're holding your hand along the way as you're writing. They're like, hey, what if, like, what if you do this for an idea? Or why did you write this? Like, can you flesh that out a little more? So they help you kind of along the way to grow um, in writing. And then acquiring editor is the one that I, I just passed off to yesterday. And they're going to read the whole manuscript and then say, fill in more here, kind of fix this part here. So they're a lot more holistic. And then I think there's later editors that do kind of similar things. That's really cool. Wow. I like, you just don't know. I mean, I think when you read books, you just never know, like, what was the history of that book? Like, what did it go through to get to where it is right now while you're reading it? Right. I think that's, that's so interesting. Writing a book is painful. When I started, I don't know, a couple thousand words in, I dreaded writing. I'd see the blank page. I was like, ah, oh, man, I have to write a thousand words. I, I have to force myself to do that. Yeah. I was like, if you, if you, I'm not going to say if you, if you have to force yourself to do something, don't do it. That's probably not the right thing. Sometimes you're going to have to force yourself to do things you don't like. You're going to force yourself to work out to stay healthy. But it's it's recognizing kind of the end goal. Is the end goal where you originally thought it was? And um, is it going to take you someplace better? So, for example, for this book, the reason I'm writing the book is because I think genetic engineering is such an interesting topic, but it's also very relevant now with, with kind of the genetic cures it can it can um, address, kind of maximizing crop yield, helping, helping out uh, animals. Uh, resist diseases and things like that. So, but the offshoot effects, if genetic engineering goes wrong, there's very bad things that can happen. And I don't think people know that that much. And so 
for me, the book is a way to get people interested in that conversation. Mm -hmm. So it's not me writing a book because I want to write a book. It's me writing a book because I think this is a very important issue to talk about that people need to know about in a, in layman terms, not, not the high technical talk, but kind of how is it going to affect you now? How is it going to affect you in the future? Yeah. Wow. I think this is a good stopping point because I'm glad you brought up the writing, you know, the process of writing a book and how it is painful sometimes. Joe and I are actually going to be, Joe's going to be the guest uh, speaker for I Kid You Not's public workshop mm-hmm. next month. Um, and he's going to be leading a workshop on how to pursue legacy projects. Um, some of you guys might be wondering, what is a legacy project? Same. I had to ask Joe what that meant. Um, but he'll be kind of walking us through. Sorry, what did you say? I just coined the term, so I just made it off the top. There of my we go. Head. Hey, it's it's copyrighted at this point, guys. But if you want, if you're curious <laughs> on what a legacy project is, or you're curious how to pursue um, and stick with long term projects, definitely recommend. It's going to be a free workshop, so um, feel free to follow. I kid you not. For more updates, follow Joe and his writing account, but also his personal account. Um, and I really appreciate everyone who's stuck with us for the full forty five minutes 50 minutes has been amazing joe i think we're gonna have to make that hashtag a real thing and we're definitely gonna have to bring you back for sure (laughs) yeah yeah thank you thank you everyone for coming and thanks for the the questions like it's very i don't i don't get to i guess talk about myself a lot but thank you for making it i guess acceptable and and fun to to do this so yeah we're just learning from you joe I'm like, I'm very glad that we got to have this conversation with you. And thank you to everyone who joined us. So like, um, so anyone who liked something that Joe said, you want to come back to see what his recs were, um, feel free to, uh, to check out what he said. You'll be able to watch it again. And, uh, Joe, you got a fan club here. We got a hashtag bring <laughs> Joe back. It's going to happen now. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Joe. Yeah. All right. Stay safe, everyone.